been a long day. It's been a very long day. Yeah. We're recording this, though, in an evening. We've not done one of those before, which means we can have a beer. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, have some glug sounds on the way through. Yeah. Anybody listening now is going to be very thirsty. <laughs> well, I suppose we better actually do a podcast. Yep. That's what we're here for. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So, hello. You're listening to the SME Growth Podcast. My name is Dave Parry from Wellmeadow, and with me, as usual, is the famous Richard Buckle. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Um, good evening. Not this yeah. morning. Um, so this week, we're going to talk about a technique that we're using to great effect, which we're calling leveraged content creation. Now, straight away, that's going to need some explanation. So we'll dive straight in and I'll let you explain that. But that's what we're talking about today. It is. So I'm going to try and wake myself up a little bit because I'm pretty tired today. You've had a long day. I've had a long day, but here we are. So yeah, so if you... I suppose one of the big topics at the moment is what you could call the TikTokification of content. If that's not a word, it should be. So if anyone's watching Instagram or TikTok and following the likes of Gary Vee, you'll hear him talk about this an awful lot. A lot of people now are talking about this TikTokification of content. So if you're not familiar with TikTok... Um, then probably... You've probably heard where, of it. Where have you been? <laughs> well, I think most people have probably heard about it because yeah. it's in the news a lot, isn't it? But I don't know if everybody has an account. This is it, yeah. I dabbled for a while. Um, highly addictive. And that's because it's serving you up content. The algorithm is, is serving it's you just up content too good. that you're going to engage with. I must admit, I've almost been frightened of it. I see how much I get drawn into Instagram Reels or even YouTube Shorts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness, TikTok's designed yeah. to do this. Wow, I'm not sure. You see that on your Shorts now, don't you, when you can see how many you've actually watched? Oh, can you? Oh. Your settings and your history, and you scroll across, and it's like, yeah, you've watched like 250 Shorts. Oh, my goodness. That's that's a lot. shouldn't probably be admitting that. TikTok tell you that as well? No, it just keeps serving you up. I think it's a bit like a casino, isn't it? You don't want to tell people the time. Every clock, yeah. So, so this whole thing is around rather than, but, but what's being pushed is it's great for people that perhaps haven't got the reach, so mm. number of followers, that type of thing, um, which is a great message for small businesses or, or, or SMEs. Yeah, I hadn't realised that. Yeah, because what it what it actually means is that the algorithm is going to reward the quality of your content by which. How you know how based on behaviors? Yeah, so based on whether people like it, share it, how long they watch it for, those types of things, rather than having to have twenty thousand followers on LinkedIn or you know fifty thousand a ready-made audience. Yeah, so so really, what this means is that there's there's great opportunity here to actually get in front of loads and loads of people by having content that is quality and engaging, and that's that's good news for people. You haven't got to build this huge audience first. Do something well, and but you've got to do it well. That's yeah. the point, isn't it? So, so that's when when it's talking about the TikTokification of content. What that really means is that whilst because TikTok has led the way on this, so something like forty percent of younger people, and I won't define what that is, but we can all we've all got a, our own measure of that. But we'll we'll look at TikTok for you know if you want to find a restaurant or something, about forty percent of people under twenty five will say will use TikTok to find a restaurant. So that the whole platform is actually driving the behaviors of other platforms. So you've had things like Instagram with Reels. 
YouTube Shorts, these other platforms are having to follow this They're copying kind of it. Because it works, I suppose. Yeah, because they've, they've got to keep up with the way that TikTok's algorithm is serving up this content and people are engaging with the... I think it's worth saying at this point as well, and to be fair to Verity, she's written a fantastic blog on it. She has indeed. It's ranking very well on Google at the moment. So if you Google the comparison between TikTok, Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, she does a good little summary of that. But I'm going to bring you back to the opening question because you've gone straight down this great new world of TikTok notification and I haven't yet defined what leveraged content strategy and where how does that link together? Why, why are we talking about leveraged content strategy in the context of TikTokification? So I suppose where we want to talk about that is because if you've got to create content that engages your audience, you've got to try and A, create content, and B, work out what actually you're engaging with. And is it about with. volume and quantity as well, or is it much more about quality? Or is it um, a bit of both? I think there's probably a bit of an equilibrium between them because you want, to, you want to be able to test what's working and what isn't working. And so to do that, you've got to have a certain volume. You can't, it's, it's no good just putting out one piece of content, you know, every other week and seeing what happens. What you'll be seeing is, you know, serious players in this space will be maybe posting 10 to 12 times a day. Someone like Gary Vee saying that you should be posting, you know, you should be producing 17 to 50 pieces of content per day. Lest we frighten uh, our small business owners here, these are market marketing thought leaders, experts in their fields. Yeah. Does that copy across, do you think, to someone who owns a machine shop or a machine distributor or a manufacturer? Or a I employee? think maybe maybe not quite on that scale, but I think if you, you know, and this is where we're, where we're coming up with this leverage content creation idea, is to say that actually it is possible to produce even, say, a piece of content a day. Because what you don't want to do is... You know, if you've got a, a reasonably narrow field, then you don't want to be producing 20 pieces of content a day and everyone just thinks they're spamming us. If you've got a huge field, like, you know, you're an influencer in a you know, marketing thought leader, you've got the whole kind of marketing world to, to roam in and you can produce all sorts of different content. But, but let's be clear where this is, you know, if you're, once again, a small business owner, you're not necessarily sending it all out directly to people it's going to be on platforms social media yeah. platforms which is there for them to consume when they want yeah. to so so the idea here really is to say that it is possible to create a lot of content by leveraging it up and i guess we can get into that well into I, I just wanted to add on to that then because that's a really good reason why you need to find a way mm. to produce a lot more content and you're only going to do that by doing it in a different way. You know, the way people are used to creating content is reasonably longhand, yeah. I think it's fair to say. They're almost imagining creating each piece on its own as a standalone mm -hmm. without necessarily thinking about how do we almost mass manufacture but customised content. So that's good anyway. Yeah. But when I talk to small business owners, medium-sized business owners, they're, they're already aware that they need to producing, be producing an awful lot more content than mm -hmm. they are now. They know that even without the extra argument that you've just put forward, that that's the way the market's going anyway and you yeah. need to be doing more and more of it. So small business owners know that they need to produce more content than they do, but they're frightened of it because they know it takes an awful lot of effort. 
and that the information needed to put out into that content is in the heads or desk drawers of relatively few people in the organization. And the last thing they want is to take those people out of circulation for a long time. And to be honest, even if they said to them, could you write me a few thousand words on what you know? You know, let's be honest, it isn't going to happen. Those people are very busy anyway. So when I've talked about this idea of creating huge amounts of content from concentrated amounts of contact time, that has really made business owners' eyes light up because they think that's it that's the and when i explain how which we're going to come on to doing they get it it's not smoke and mirrors it's not a magic trick it's just you know a clever way of thinking about what you're trying to achieve before you start doing it Uh, and the other thing that maybe also ticks a box and people are relieved to hear is when i've talked before about an agency helping them get their message across especially if they've got Everybody has a complex story, right? Everybody's business is unique mm. to them and they're, they all know that they're the best person to tell yeah. the story. And they get very worried about the thought that some outsider is going to come in, a bit like a journalist, and ask them loads of questions, write it down, and then go away and produce something from that, which invariably they won't quite get the right tone with. Mm. They maybe don't quite use the same language or the right emphasis, and they often make mistakes because you're having to infer things that you didn't quite get right. You're putting it into your voice. Yeah, and they haven't got the passion maybe that a business owner might have. Yeah, there's no authenticity. The expertise is coming through the filter of a journalistic um, interviewer and writer than from the person themselves. So when we go on to explain how we do this, and it's the expert's voice that's coming out that we're leveraging and producing hundreds of pieces of content from, then that has yet another win. So I think we've hit upon three really good reasons why we needed to do this and probably the start point was the tiktokification the way we're all consuming video content in particular but information generally Mm, and not just the younger generation is it not true that the fastest growing cohort of tiktok users is 45 year old 35 45 year old males so there's that really strong argument the fact that it's a concentrated amount of time required client side and then we do all the hard work to mushroom it out into hundreds of pieces of content and then the third point is that it's still the expert's voice that's being used rather than someone yeah. else like us writing it down and then misinterpreting it as we reproduce yeah. it. I th- yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, so we can get into the process maybe of how, how you can go about doing that. But I think also it's important to note here is that when it comes to content, I think a lot of people are not just afraid of, okay, it's going to take a load of time and resource away, but just actually afraid of making content. And, and I think that's a bit of a, a mindset that you've almost got to get over and realize that big picture, nobody really cares in, in one sense because you're just scrolling through things. Well, they probably care about what you're saying, but not about whether you're doing it like a News yeah. at 10 newsreader yeah. or Gary Vee. So it's it's a case of you've, you've just got to... I always go back to this quote by Aristotle who says, what we must learn to do, we must learn by doing. You're never going to learn to produce good content if you never start. And so you've I've had that exact same discussion with people who say they can't do public speaking. You know, nobody can't, well, I'm going to probably be proven wrong there, but very few people can't do public. You just speak, yeah. right? As long as you can speak, yeah. you can speak publicly. The reason that people don't think they can is that fear, and that's an internal construct, isn't it, how, how we feel about things. And like you say, the more you do it, suddenly it gets less The more you do it, it becomes scary. more natural. And, you know, and it can be a case, you know, if we talk through our process of how we actually go about doing content leveraging but also it could be you could just pick a news you could just pick something that's in the news and give a 30 second you know that's relevant to your sector 
two camera, 30 second um, piece, you know, your thoughts on it. Well, you could do that every day. You can find something every day. So, that, so it's, it's almost, and even if you don't post it, it's actually quite a good discipline to just get used to seeing yourself on camera, do a selfie. You know, I did it for a while just to kind of... You realise that would be the perfect one. It's like the, the practice swinging golf is always the one that we're doing great, isn't it? <laughs> I think the, the practice runs if you do a, a dummy recording of yourself. Yeah. talking. And who can't talk about something that they're passionate about and know a lot about? You just talk, like you're talking to your mate in the pub. Find an angle. So shall I... So go on, let's, how do you do it then? What's some, do it? There's a magic spell here that we keep teasing people that we, uh, we've con concocted. What is it? So maybe if I just talk through an example of how we've, what we've done, because that might be... Well, you did a good one the other week, actually. Why don't you use that? Yeah. So um, we had a client come in, and we before they came, we'd prepared, say, 20 questions that we were looking to get answers for around a particular subject. Um, and... And were they done with a sort of collaborative work with the, the expert? No, I mean, you, you could do that. In this case, we, we just, you know, we knew what we were looking for because we had an idea of what kind of content we wanted to put out. And you can see what other people have done, where yeah. the gaps are in the search market. You can even go and ask um, an AI bot, you know, what are the most important things to know about X, Y, Z subject? So we came up with a list of questions and we had about 20 questions or so. And the idea, when, when we, we sat down to, to video it, so that's one of the things you want to do. You want to video it. That's pretty accessible nowadays. I mean, you can... Well, if you're watching this on Spotify, here we are. We're videoing it. And, <laughs> and again, you don't have to have fancy cameras. Obviously, production value is important. These iPhones are flipping amazing, aren't they? And yeah, Androids and got the new phenomenal quality. With the Duplo camera thing going on at the front. <laughs> Okay. So building blocks doesn't sit properly. But yeah, so you can use an iPhone, you can do it. So we sat down and we videoed um videoed um client and the idea was to try and try and keep the answers as concise as possible. So to so try not to let the answers turn into a rambling. Do you have to train the client or do you have to have a few practice runs? Uh we didn't uh, Reasonably well trained, not not trained, but good at what he was doing. So quite passionate about it. Um, the the trick the, the trick really is for the interviewer not to you know I've got this horrible thing I always get told off for of doing a kind of active listening. Yeah, 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 interrupting because then that comes across on the actual video. So you got let them talk. So I don't talk. Um, but anyway, so we've, we've got this say twenty five to thirty minutes then of video. So that's twenty questions. 20 questions. Takes about half an hour. About half an hour. Um, so you're getting people used to the idea of a sort of one, one and a half minute answer and it's rapid fire. You don't this dwell on rapid fire and it was, it was, in fairness, like off the cuff really because we'd given a little bit of warning that we wanted to do it but actually a lot of it was kind of... And you find it works better that way, not overly rehearsed? I think it depends on who's, who's answering. So if someone's quite natural in front of the camera, if someone's quite happy to, to do that, then, and that comes with practice most of the time, then that... That's fine. We've but a scripted answer probably is a bit too far. The other yeah, way, you don't want someone sitting there kind of sort of looking yeah. down all the time and reading it because that's not going to come across well as. But if you've got someone who's passionate about their subject, knowledgeable about their subject, once they warm to the theme, normally you're going to get good content. So the idea is then to is to get those kind of little one to two minute nuggets for each question. Um, so once we've got those, obviously we've got twenty pieces of content already. In a longish Just form. Just a full answer a to full each answer. question. Yeah, okay. Um, and then so I'm going to keep tally now. We're up to 20. Up to 20. <laughs> so each of those 
could well be a blog. They might be a bit short. The way that we structured the questions was that we could have maybe um, every you know two or three answers could actually sit together. Make a blog between and make them. a blog between them. So mm-hmm. out of twenty questions, you're going to get say six, seven blogs out of that maybe. Um, and the way to do that quickly is to try and just transcribe. Use something like Otter AI. Otter is quite incredible. Other transcription services are available. Are available. Yeah. Not sponsored uh, yet. Otter, if you're listening, um, <laughs> um, but you can transcribe it, so that's quick, um, and then kind of work it into a blog. So. But then what we did, we took each of those videos. So, you know, a two-minute video doesn't sound like a lot, but let's say average attention span now is seven, eight seconds. Sorry, what did you say? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) If you're still listening, uh, listeners, then that's great. Um, So for each each video, we made maybe three to four shorts out of that. So a short would be something in the region of seven to 20 seconds long so this is taken out of the 60 to 90 second long form answer which is still pretty rapid fire you're grabbing what you might call sound bites if you hear it on the news yeah, that yeah something like that. something, something sort, of, sort of thing that you'd hear on a, in a you, news summary and think actually this is this is interesting enough for me to yeah. draws you in for more see a little bit more yeah the ad for the ad so for our 20 you know our, our 20 initial questions we've now got say three or four for each um, three or four shorts for each. Well, I was trying to count my blogs, didn't so I? So seven blogs, like say sixty, eighty plus the original blogs, hundred plus the blogs, maybe one hundred and ten. So you've got one hundred and ten pieces of content there. That's not including the transcripts, which could be used separately. Could be used separately, and I'd say for each short, it's not. Can just, the whole thing be used as one? Yeah, ensemble? we could do the whole thing as one, one big. You know, if you're really into the subject and you wanted to do that. Right, an ebook around that if it was... Right, an ebook around it. And that was, that was part of the purpose of it, actually, was to produce an ebook. So all of this is around... Yeah. So we're using these um, these shorts and all this content to promote an ebook, which is then part of a bigger lead gen strategy. So that's the, whole, that's the purpose of it. But as you say, each short isn't just a shortened clip of a particular question. We're, we're trying different styles. So some of them might be the interviewee on camera just saying something for a couple of seconds. We might do one that's got an illustration or an animation on it. We might do one that is just, you know, you, you sometimes see the sound, little sound waves and the text popping up with the text over the So we're trying all sorts of different, because con- you don't know which combo is going to actually work. Um, and that's the great thing about being That's able- the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah. You don't know and no one else knows either. No. So try it. So try it, experiment, see what works. Is it a particular type of, is it a particular type of content? Is it, is it, you know, big picture stuff, detail, technical stuff, the way that it's displayed. So, so anyway, so we, we're we're taking that initial twenty minute interview with very little actual preparation. Twenty questions, half an hour. You said yeah, it. twenty questions, um, half an hour, very little prep on behalf of the, you know, client, subject matter expert, interviewee, and so already we're up to say a hundred, hundred twenty pieces of content. We're just talking there about video and maybe a few transcripts, a few blogs. We've still got all the image assets that can come from that, stills of it, maybe infographics you can journal out of it. And then you've got all the channels as well because you need slightly different formats. Yeah, so I'd say, well, that's that's then, so you've got a sort of content production, you've got content creation of actually making it, content of of doing the interview, coming up with the questions and everything, content production, that's why I'd say, making all of these shorts, coming up with these images, assets, all of that. And then you've got the content distribution, which is where you're looking at all your different channels. So LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So, you know, let's just take those five, for example. 
Now you might want a different style and a different approach from TikTok to LinkedIn. Different types different, of users, for sure. Users, different audience. But if you take those 120 pieces of content now and you put each one of those across those five, you know, you're at, le you're at least 500 individual bits of content then for that 20 minute interview. So, and from that, you're getting a huge amount of data to say, well, what, what is working? What isn't working? What do we do more of? And of course it can be spread out over a reasonable period of time as well. So one concern that I've heard back and I had to start with myself was that if you've got a subject matter expert saying something which takes them in your case, half an hour, but you can do an hour version as well. We've done that before. You produce an awful lot of content from it. If that then goes out almost back to back on the various channels, you're going to be pretty sick and tired of hearing of that person yeah. all the time, aren't you? And the trick is not to do that, but to spread it out and have other people in the gaps. So I suppose if you're really clever at this, you'd find three different subject matter experts on different topics within a business, do this treatment of half an hour to an hour's worth of very structured interview, but unstructured, unprepared answers, yeah. and then interleave it so that every, if you're doing, you did one piece of content a day, you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So it's every third day you, you see the same person again. So if you're in that channel, you're seeing a whole variety of people. Yeah. And that's just with three. Now imagine if that content you just talked about could be a few hundred pieces of content by the time you've scaled it up across the channels. And that was just from a half hour interview there's the hour version which gives you even more that could easily last six months surely yeah and and depending on the subject it's, it could be evergreen as well so you, you've you've always got that content to go back to and you can cycle around again and then what you see some people doing is they say well this is what we said last year two years three years ago let's come back now three years later and see well what, give an update give an update on it will we right you know to uh, have our forecast come true have the state of the art changed exactly new technology whatever so so there is that. I think the, I think that's that's right. You don't want to just see the same person all the time on someone's LinkedIn feed or you know social feed. You know, there's a little bit of personal brand building potentially. <laughs> you can run. Well, for someone like Gary Vee, maybe. But if we're talking about small businesses here, they're trying to show a very broad front, yeah. aren't they? We are not just one person. There's lots of people here you can talk to. Lots of experts. Yeah. So. There is that. I think it's important as well to say that this is a good, almost backbone content strategy. So you all you know you've always got stuff going out. I think it's still important to say you've got to do stuff that's relevant and and you know current, as it were, and, and stay at the forefront of things. And again, there's other ways of doing that that you can you can do quite quickly. This is almost you know short form content leveraging and. But if this, if this feel, forms that base load, you can still do your seasonal work, which overlays on top yeah. of that. You can do your reacting to news and events, which overlays on top of that. And then this fills into all the gaps in between. Absolutely. And I think as well, it probably starts to help change the culture a little bit. When you see content going out a lot more, then it becomes a lot more familiar in the organization. It becomes a lot more part of the way that we do things. Hopefully people get more at ease with creating content. Um, they can see, you know, sometimes it's it's quite hard for people to visualize what this content's going to look like. And so they think, well, I, you know, it's my face that's going out. I don't want to be embarrassed, you know, my friends and colleagues, professional connections, that type of thing. 
So well, I get that. And I can relate to that when we started doing podcasts or when we've promoted economic reports before. Yeah. In the early days, when you're coming from nothing to doing something, it provokes comment. And I've had people even amongst you know, business friends and social circle who, mm. who, who are aware of our output. They comment on that, say, oh, I've seen you doing an awful lot on LinkedIn, you know, always seeing your face cropping up. But after a while, it just becomes, oh, you're another one of those experts I see a lot yeah. because there are a few other people out there. Yeah. You know, giving educational and interesting content all the time. You just join the ranks yeah. of them, and that, that gives you a certain status of Absolutely. someone that might have something to say worth listening to. Yeah. So I think it's a great it's a great opportunity. I think the, the situation of the zeitgeist is that it's all about content now. Yeah. It's all about engaging content, creating content, trying new. You know, it, it's adding it's adding value into your content rather than just having a huge network that you can pump it out to yeah and just looping back around to where we start on that on why is it and i'm just sort of mentally checking the boxes off as to how we're delivering it it's definitely catching the zeitgeist like you say of the tiktokification the short attention span the educational content on these different platforms pretty much video led following you know generating other types of content thereafter it also definitely ticks the box of efficient use of busy people's time. Absolutely. And that's where outsiders like us can leverage, yeah. which is why we called it the leverage content strategy, that we can use a small amount of interaction time to yeah. produce all this stuff. And then there's that third point we've said, we don't write anything new ourselves. We may fill in the gaps and embellish and so on, but it's the, it's the client's expert's voice that is being heard, yeah. literally, or, or at least transcripted, yeah. depending on how that's being put out. So... Fantastic way of giving clients that tremendous amount of output. And we're using this technique to be able to do that to leverage your form. Absolutely. And then I think off the back of that, just to maybe wrap it up a bit, is to say you're getting a huge amount of data from this as well. You, 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 can, you can treat this not just as a, a way of adding value and, and getting good content out there, but a way of actually working out what's working, what isn't working, what's your audience actually wanting to hear from you? Because you can produce a lot of content using this and depending on how you, you know, where you put it. You need to do a few, measure the results, see what works. Don't just carry on doing the same old, same old. Learn from what's happened and then think, well, that type of output worked well or this subject worked well or that format worked well. I mean, I was watching something the other day, someone on Instagram who's got a large following, so they've obviously got the data, but they were saying, we know after 20 minutes whether or not a post is working or not because we have our numbers that we know if it hasn't hit this, you know, 1,000 likes or shares or whatever within a certain amount of time, that piece of content isn't working. So they'll take it down, rework it until they get oh, the numbers. So yeah. now that's you know, clearly, if, if that's your business, then... Fine. Yeah, that's not necessarily the people listening to this probably not thinking about it. But I think the same principle can apply of put something up and measure it. Don't just put things out for the sake of putting things out. That's, that's, you know, nobody wants to see what works. See pictures of your cats or whatever, you know, unless you're a. Well, we've seen that, haven't we, where people get onto, and Twitter's the worst for this sort of thing I found. People feel they need to tweet something several times a day and they resort to the, you know, the playing videos and that type yeah. of thing and why they think just eyeballs for the sake of it is going to help their business i don't know yeah don't fall for vanity metrics the vanity metrics yeah we mentioned that before good so yeah well it's been a good roundup of what we call our leverage content strategy 
which uh, help people. So thank you very much, Rich. That's all right. Very good. Thanks for explaining that so clearly. You've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast. And as ever, I always ask you to like and follow podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. But more importantly, tell your friends and colleagues in other businesses that we're here and that we're worth a listen. And in the meantime, good luck with your businesses and I hope you tune in next week. Bye now.